Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch. And today we're going to be, as we continue on uh, in our uh, study or our discussion of viewing New Testament Christianity from the Old Testament, we're going to take a look at, at first a few commandments that are found both in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, as, as though they somewhat roll over into the uh, New Testament, though it's a completely new law, a completely new testament. And today we're going to be discussing Deuteronomy chapter 6. It is the first and greatest commandment. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And today we're going to be discussing this with my dear brother, uh, Lima Asine from Honolulu, Hawaii. Brother, could you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, first of all, thank you, Houston, for having me on here. Uh, my name is Tangi Lima Asine, and I go by Lima for, 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 to make it easy for everybody. Um, but I am a minister here at the Honolulu Church of Christ in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Athena, and we have five children. So it's uh, Annabeth, Anthea, Titus, Alethea, and Athalia. I'm so blessed and grateful that, that I got this opportunity to be with you all. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on with us, Lima. Uh, so again, we're discussing uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. It is the first and greatest commandment, or at least Jesus said it was the first and greatest commandment. And we have the, the text here in Deuteronomy 6, beginning of verse 4, and I'm going to read through verse 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, which I command you this day, shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently unto your children. You shall talk of them whenever you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise up, and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the post of your house and on your gate. Now, Lima, uh, most, most everybody could at least quote uh, the, the first and greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mm -hmm. with all your soul, with all your might, and as Jesus adds, and as we're going to discuss, and with all your mind. Those with with basically every fiber of your being, every part that makes you you yes. love God with every bit of it. But many people don't really know the the preceding or the succeeding uh, text there. Whenever he's telling them to to that they that these commandments that these things which are going to come after shall be written on your heart, and that they are to basically be everywhere that you exist whenever you rise up be thinking about them whenever you lie down be thinking about them let them be on the, on the outside of your house everywhere you go let the word of god be there and so i yes. want to discuss uh, to discuss that and why did moses god uh, speaking through moses 
include that right after this first and greatest commandment? Why is, why is the word of God to be saturated in our lives? Why did he include that right after loving him? Yeah, I, I truly believe, first of all, it's, it's God's command, right? That, that's, that's first and foremost, his word is, is above all and must be obeyed, must be followed. And I really like that part in, in uh, Deuteronomy uh, 6 and, and verse 7, uh, not just for us to be immersed in the word of God, but for us to also teach it, right? And, and this is to the Israelites, but I'm speaking in application already, getting ahead of myself here. That's but they, they were to make sure that generations after them would know of God. And that's why we have those extra instructions there uh, after the greatest command, not only for them, the generation at hand, to love God, to keep his commandments, to, to do all the things he's commanded them, but for them to ensure that this command is passed down through, through the future generations that come after them. Because one of the saddest things that we read about in the Bible concerning Israel is in, is in Judges 2 and verse 10, that there arose a generation a after Joshua's generation that did not know God, right? And, and, and so to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, it, as you mentioned, to, is to love him with every fiber of our being. And the reason why they needed to teach these things, to bind them on, uh, on their houses, on their hands, and have them as frontlets uh, uh, between their eyes, was to ensure that generations to come, they will know of the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the things is that if, if the only way that you cannot know God or that a generation cannot know God, and, and that's from the generic sense, that's not from a, because there are a lot of people who, in the world today who claim to know God and they know of God, but they don't know God. And yeah. there in Judges, he's talking simply of they don't really know of God. Of course, they don't know him, know him, but they don't mm -hmm. really even know of him. They know of the surrounding gods, but they don't know of, of, uh, of, of God himself, the Lord, their God. And the only way that that can get lost, the only way is if he's not taught, is if he's not mm -hmm. mentioned, if he's left out of everything that you do rather than everything that you do be focused around him or that he is yeah. involved in everything that you do. And one of the things is that it, it's almost implied as though if you love God, then you're going to, to, to involve him in everything, that his yes. word is going to be saturated in your life, that you are going to teach the, your children and those around you, that you're going to speak about it with those in the way, uh, so, so to speak. That, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about doing that, uh, about saturating our lives um, with the word of God, because many and th this is this is a failure on even preachers part that, that we don't study enough, that we don't study as we should. One of the things that I'm appreciative about being uh, it's 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 a privilege, but it's also an obligation to preach every Sunday is that it, it forces me to actively study my Bible. 
And a lot of Christians don't have that privilege and they don't feel obligated to do that. And so maybe on Wednesday night, they'll study, or of course, on Sunday morning, they're getting the word of God fed to them, but they are not actively studying the word of God. And they're certainly, if they're not actively studying the word of God, they're not talking about it um, when talking with their children about it. And they're not, it's not everywhere that they are. And it's not everything that they think about, like the, the psalmist in Psalm 119. And hmm. how, how can we get to that point, uh, do you think, get to that point to where we want more of the word of God, that we want it to fill our lives more? Yeah, that, that doesn't come naturally. It, it's cultivated and, and uh, it's taught. Uh, I'm currently preaching a series of sermons from Psalm 119, and you mentioned that psalm. If one wants to appreciate the word of God, I say go to Psalm 119 and see how that psalmist like had this love and desire and thirst for the word of God. And and I think just just by going through that psalm and and meditating and appreciating his attitude about God's law can help us cultivate a proper respect, a proper love for the word of God. You, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, it means you have to love what he says. You, you have to love his word. And what comes to my mind is also the very first psalm. You know, it, it says, Blessed is a man who walk not in the counsel, counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And then it says in verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night right so so it doesn't happen naturally it, it, it's something that is cultivated it's something that that is to be taught hence god commanding the israelites you teach it to your children when you in all aspects of your life throughout the day from morning till nighttime you teach that you teach the word of god to them yeah absolutely I had a, there was a woman that called me um, one time. Um, we, di we didn't build a, a deep relationship or anything, but um, we, we talked, we discussed the Bible a little bit. She was, a, she was an older woman and she, she was, I would say, I would, I would define her as a seeker, I guess. And um, she, she had mentioned that she used to have a, a strong desire, a strong yearning to, to, to read the word of God, to read the Bible, to study her Bible uh, daily. And, and she had a had a profound biblical knowledge compared to to most to most people, but she expressed that that had kind of um, left her that 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 longing and that thirsting for the word of God had kind of had kind of left. And she she questioned me. She she was asking um, what my thought was it uh, about it was, and um, she she wondered, well, is it is it the devil that's doing this to me? Has he? And I would say yes, certainly the devil is is heavily involved and if if you're not wanting to read the bible i would say that he at least has a part in that but then in what yeah. way does he have a part in it yeah. and she was wondering well how how do i get back to that and i gave her a very similar answer to what you said that it, it doesn't happen all at once i mean you can't expect to if you if you used to read the bible for three or four hours a day and then you get out of the habit of that you can't yeah. expect to pick back up in three or four hours of out of the day to start reading the Bible again. It has to be a, a gradual thing 
um, uh, to well think think and I and I gave her the illustration of somebody who works out. You know, if you're going to the gym, mm-hmm. if you're actively going to the gym, and you go to the gym for five days a week, and you're there in the gym for an hour, hour and a half every each of those days, and then you quit for just a month, and you try to go back into that same routine, it's not going to happen. You have to gradually build back into it. But then also, uh, getting to a point to where you want to talk about it more. Because if, if you're actively talking about God's word more often with more people, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to, well, first of all, it's going to open up more questions in your mind and you're going to need to search more. You're going to have to search more. But also it's going to instill that in others that they're going to want to talk about the Bible more. It's like whenever a couple is, is, is leaving church, um, instead of talking about, well, where, where do we want to go eat for lunch uh, this afternoon? Talk about the sermon or talk about the, the Bible study that morning. Talk about the word of God. Talk about what, what, what is on your mind. Did you have any questions or, or could you build upon that any? And I think that that's a, that's a good beginning point to just read the Bible a little here and a little there. Talk about it as much, you can, as, much as you can. So let's get back to, the, uh, to this, yeah. this commandment. The, the first and greatest commandment. Now, he gives three parts here in Deuteronomy 6, and we read in, in Matthew that there's another part added, the mind. Mm-hmm. So here in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then Jesus adds mind. So, Lima, first of all, what does it mean to, uh, well, let's, let's talk about the heart a little bit. What is the biblical heart? Often the biblical heart, when we look at several passages in scripture, it's, it's the, it's the mind. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of both, right? When, when we look at scriptures, the, the mind is described as the heart. The heart is described as the mind. It's used interchangeably. Uh, this is the deepest part of our person. Um, and, and that's what we, we, and that's where everything happens, really. When I think about, what Jesus said in, in Matthew 15, verse 19, Jesus said, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, and he says murders, uh, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Uh, the heart, right, it, it has, it's the starting point of everything that we, we do, especially for the Lord. Is mm-hmm. the heart right? Because if the heart is not right, what comes out will not be right, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, that, that's what I have here. Um, Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy reference the, to love the Lord with all your heart four times. This is one of them. Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12, it says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. Again, in chapter 11 and verse 13, we see that again, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. And then finally, Deuteronomy 13 and verse 3, you see the same phrase. So there's this emphasis on the heart and even the soul is mentioned there. But to me, I believe the heart is where it all starts, right? God wants our heart. And we have to give it to him. Yeah. One of, one of the ways, uh, whenever I was first, first studying about the heart and, and what, it, what, it, what it meant, 
And certainly in the Old Testament, and almost every time that you read about the heart, it it, it is talking about uh, the mind primarily. But there's also that other aspect to it, which I which I want to discuss. Like the Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I mean, you think with your mind. So if you're thinking in your heart, then then it that's implying uh, that that they at least yes. are are tied together. But yeah. when we're, whenever we come to the New Testament, uh, the mind is kind of at least it, the heart is still heavily involved with the mind, but there also is the intellectual mind, which we're going to discuss that yes. Jesus adds. And I, I believe that might be the reason why he, he um, adds mind there. And he's talking about the heart, the Greeks, of course, the word cardia, it meant mm-hmm. this, this literal pump inside of your chest, but it also meant the, the emotional traits of the mind. And you think about whenever you're, you're feeling, uh, when you have feelings of infatuation or even whenever you have feelings of anxiety, you feel them right here in your chest. Either your, your, mm-hmm. your heart starts to pound because you, you see your um, future spouse or your, your current spouse, <laughs> or you, uh, you, your heart starts to feel heavy and you feel that pressure because you're, you, you're afraid of what's about to happen. And yeah. I believe, but, those things come back to the mind. It's all caused by the mind. Mm-hmm. And so I believe it is the emotional aspects of the mind. But whenever you think about the emotions, those are your driving factors. That, that is your motivations come from your emotions. And I like to think about whenever Peter told, um, uh, told the disciples to see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Yes. He's telling them, love them with clean, clean motivations. Don't have any unpure motives. You're loving them. You're doing what is best for them simply because it's what's best for them, not because you're going to get anything out of return. And so how can we love God with all of our heart? And what ways can we, can we show our love to God with all of our heart? Well, one of the ways is to ingest the word of God, right, to make sure our heart is purified, right? You mentioned the passage, since you have sanctified or purified your souls through obedience to the truth, the, the truth is God's word, right? And, and we have to put God's word in our heart. Uh, again, I'm back to Psalm 119, verse 11, the, Psalm, the first verse that we memorize in, in preaching school, right? Uh, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If I want to love God with my heart, I need to purify it. I need to, I need to wash my heart clean yeah. through filling it with the word of God, right? Emptying it of the vanity in the world and fill, filling it up with, with righteousness. Uh, another passage that comes to mind, Philippians 4 and verse 8, Paul says, whatever things are true, and you go down to that list, think on these things, right? Fill the heart with those things because... Because that's where it all starts. God wants to dwell in our hearts. Paul said in Colossians 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? In all wisdom. That, that is to dwell in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and that, that way we're able to sing and, 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 and admonish and teach one another in song and, and hymns and, and spiritual songs. So, so one of the ways... It, I probably summarize the ways is to is to 
put the word of God into our hearts. That's, that's how we can love him with our hearts, to make sure that our motives are pure, our, 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 our understanding is right. Absolutely. And I, I think Colossians 3.16 is like a perfect verse for that. Let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts, mm-hmm. teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So if we, if we put the word of Christ in our heart where it, where it, where it needs to be, Yes. Then we're going to be teaching, coming back to Deuteronomy chapter six, we're going to be teaching others, but then we're also going to be praising God alongside that. And so I, I, I believe that that's a, that's a perfect point that if you want to love God with all your heart, put his word in your heart, fill your, fill yes. your heart with his word. And that, that, that will get, that will get you there. Instead of think, you know, pondering about all the little things that we might could do, just simply start there. And you will do the things uh, to, to love God with all your heart. So let's talk about the soul next. What What is the soul, Lima? Oh, we know the soul is the eternal part of our being, right? Jesus said, you know, fear, uh, do not fear him who can kill the body, right? But in Matthew 10, verse 28, he says, uh, do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to de- destroy both soul and body in hell to me the soul is is who we are it's our life right is is our identity if you will um the the uh writer of ecclesiastes solomon writes that that the soul when when we die it returns back to the one who gave it that is god who gave it right so to me when it says here to love the lord your god with all your soul it's telling me to love him with my life, right? With who I am, my my character. A passage that comes to mind is Galatians 2 and verse 20. The apostle Paul said, I, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Paul is saying, I, I, I'm loving God with my life, right? Everything about me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, when it, you, 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 you emphasize that if we love, love God with all our soul, we're loving God with all of our life. And I want to, I want to focus on that because I, I'm in 100% agreement with you there. And thinking about life, what what is our life but the time that we have here this physical life but the time that we have james says it this way uh james chapter 4 and verse uh, 14 for what is your life mm-hmm. it is even a vapor that appears for a little time then it vanishes away and so uh, thinking about that and 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 viewing life as the time that we have we love God with all of our life, then we're going to give him our time. And this, this all comes back to, uh, to, to, to really filling our lives with the word of God and taking the time to do that. And I believe, I believe there's 168 hours in the week. And most, most, more often than not, we give God only about four hours of that time, four hours during, during worship service. Three hours of praise—well, uh, not even three hours of praise, really—but just just a few hours, a couple of hours of praise, a couple of hours of study, and then that's about it. And then we fill the rest of our time with with things of the world. 
And it, it's not to say that in your secular work, that if you have a secular job, that you're not, that you can't love God with all of your soul and do your job. But actually, you, that, that's the very way that you can love God with all your soul. But how are you using that time at your secular job? Are you doing it to the best of your ability to, to glorify God? Are you being a light to others to glorify God? Are you praising God uh, with, with, the, with the being that you are? And I, so I think that that's one way that we can love God with all of our soul. And then we're cutting close on our time. So let's talk about loving God with all of our might and with all of our strength. Lima, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, to me, this is this is ability about it's about the ability that I've been blessed with. I need to 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 use that ability for God's glory. All right. First Peter four and verse 11. If anyone speaks, let him speak of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So just using all of my ability that God has given to me, right? And each of us have different abilities, but to love him with our strength is to utilize that ability for his glory, right? So whatever we've been given, I think about the parables of the talents, you know, uh, whatever we've been given, we need to get, turn around and give it back to God and, and glorify him with that ability. Absolutely. And if you're going to love God with, all of your strength that means that whatever you're doing whatever you put your hand to do you're doing it with every ounce of ability that god has given to you yes it might sound exhausting but man i don't think i can do this at my very best i just did my very best on the last task or, or last week etc love god with all your might love god with all your strength he will reward you god is is a gracious god and he certainly is going to bless us uh, now, uh, just just briefly, uh, let's discuss the mind. I believe that we kind of discussed it a little bit with uh, with love God with all your heart, and that that's the reason why Jesus adds it is because by the time that we get to the New Testament, we're speaking Koine Greek. It's the, the the word heart has a little bit of a different meaning than simply the word mind. But uh, elaborate on that. Just uh, elaborate on the mind just a little bit, Lima. Yeah, I also believe that 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 his word choice is is very. Uh... Uh, important in the context because that, that word mind there also means intention. And when we look at the the intentions of the Pharisees when they came to Jesus with the question, right? They weren't coming to Jesus wanting to learn the great commandment. They were coming to Jesus to try and trap him. And Jesus turns right back around and says, you need to love the Lord your God with your intentions, with your mind. Let the intention be pure, right? Let it be about love and i think that's that's one of the reasons why he, he he stated that because the question was not asked with a good intention right uh like a student wanting to learn from the master teacher but the question was asked to try and trap the master teacher which never works out for the pharisees and the scribes and and for us then uh, you know we we could we could be doing what is right with the wrong intentions right like um so so in in ultimately it's not right anymore right uh for example jesus talked about our motives and i think that's where this really hits you know when you pray 
Uh, don't be like the hypocrites when you give. Don't be like the hypocrites when you fast. Don't be like the hypocrites. So our, our intentions must be good, right? And, and I think that's one of the reasons why he mentioned that, because in that context, the intention for asking about the greatest command was not pure, right? Uh, yeah, that's, so, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a good point. Uh, well, the next the next time that we're going to be speaking with Lima, we're going to be talking about um, baptism in the Old Testament. Uh, this is this is one of those things that it might be an uncommon uh, thought to, to many people, but we're going to be discussing uh, the shadows of baptism. We're going to find out that there were quite a few. In fact, I would I would go on to say uh, that uh, that the amount of shadows that are found in the Old Testament that are shadows of baptism is only second to Jesus, that there are only more shadows of Jesus than any other shadows, and then baptism comes right there uh, next to it. At least in, in my studies, that's that's what I found. But next week, we're going to be discussing the the next and, and the second and greatest, uh, the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We hope that you can tune in uh, to both of those episodes. Go check out some of our Sistering podcasts. Uh, today, the Weathering the Storm podcast airs as well. Um, go check out the Diligent podcast. I believe it airs tomorrow. Um, we appreciate you for listening to us. If you need to reach out to us, you can find our email, um, like and, and share us on Facebook. We do appreciate you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.